Durham brings it across midcourt. He's getting harassed by Evans. They still have fouls to give Cheshire. Here's Sloan to the basket. Out to Ornwas. Sloan in the corner for the win. Oh! Can you believe it? David Sloan wins it on the buzzer. And the Caledonian gladiators go wild. Wow, they got exactly what they wanted. They got their leading score open in the corner. And this time, he delivered. David Sloan hello and welcome to another episode of the gladcast basketball podcast the podcast focusing on all things caledonia gladiators on this episode we are joined for the now i suppose annual podcast with the head of men's and the head of women's basketball of the club but this time we're not just joined by sean we're also joined by lisa palumbo so guys welcome on to the podcast so with the Gladiators entering year two of the project, a quick flash over a memorable year one. We saw the women's team finish second in the championship and reach numerous semi-finals. Plus, it became the team that ended London's long, long winning streak. With the men's team finished fourth in the table and became the roster that finally broke a franchise-long 20 years wait for silverware, uh, which we all remember Sean's celebration running around the court. Countless individual honours for players and coaches, which peaked with Miguel Ortega being voted coach of the year. Gareth, Alan Keane and Chantel Handy involved in GB coaching. We had Zoe Sharp away with both the 3x3 and the under-18s. And Kian away with the GB under-20s. We had support staff such as Honor away being team manager and Ross away as well as media guy for some of the teams in different roles. 45 BBL fixtures, 28 WBBL fixtures were played throughout the season. And that's just on the court with so much more happening. Uh, Taking turns, Lisa, you go first. How was last season? Last season, uh, last season was brilliant. Would you agree, Sean? Um, Caledonia Gladiators coming on the floor. You know when you consider the dynamic of the boys, the girls, the young players, the older players, the rookies, beating London, beating Cheshire. How we beat Cheshire? If you consider all of that, whilst it didn't have, it didn't come without its challenge at times between venue to venue, training venue, playing venue, all being very different. Um, I would, I genuinely would say we had a whirlwind, but a brilliant time last year um, as Caledonian Gladiators in our first year. I mean, we won a trophy, so it, it's it's <laughs> nice to be able to point towards something like that. It was uh, a bit of a whirlwind, definitely is the first word that comes to mind. A dream it would be another one. Um, it's given me an, an appetite to get more seasons like that, I guess. Uh, and all the stuff you've outlined at the, the start of the show there, it, it kind of brings it all home and it's not bad for a start, is it? Absolutely not. So, Sean, we saw the atmosphere that took place at the trophy final, highlighting an appetite for kind of professional basketball within Scotland. Uh, how will the club look with the move to play sport look to capitalise on that? Absolutely. So, for one, obviously, it's the last um, of the trophy finals getting held up here certainly for the, the short term so we're already working with the league on some of their marketing plans to get that filled and, and bringing it in-house here if that makes sense the league obviously want us to be able to um, utilise the, the success and leave a bit of a legacy that the trophy final in Glasgow should be should be leaving we've capitalised on it by winning I think is a, a nice easy start um, I mean not just winning but winning with the nail-biting, exciting, crazy game that it was. Um, and then it, we've got a larger marketing plan that we're, we're putting into place that's not just around the trophy final, but obviously around moving to, to East Kilbride and moving to this new venue anyway that we're working on. So it's not just one answer, to be honest with you, but um, we are working with the league on a kind of legacy project of, um, obviously they had many years of trophy finals up here. I remember um, 
I remember the first discussions we had about doing this and saying to people, here's what our vision is. We're going to take, you know, pro sport and change the environment for everybody across Scotland. And people were looking at me saying, oh, very good. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, we're going to build an arena. We're going to bring women and men together. We're going to get boys and girls together. We're going to demonstrate that boys and girls can be the next professional players coming through our pathway. And we're going to, you know, work with every club and, and folks saying, yeah, very good. That sounds very ambitious, but we'll see if it happens. We've heard it before. Um, and I don't know if we could ever have imagined sitting here today talking to you, Grant, in play sport, you know, <laughs> a week, two weeks away from the arena opening, two professional teams in Europe, you know, Absolutely. genuine professional teams, you know, with young Scottish players still in the mix, with, you know, really top class players coming on the roster this year, um, and everything that goes around it from Alice and Steve's vision and, and everybody who's worked hard to, to bring everything to fruition to this point, and there's far more to come. I just don't believe people believed it when we spoke about it at first that it would be like this so I think you're right winning the trophy last year was magnificent because I think it set a wee tone around yeah, it you know what sets a kind of direction it, as this well. is the direction we're going this is the belief that people need to see it can happen um, and I think this year will bring something different again because we arena rosters been different Europe, Europe of <laughs> British basketball league I guess the the marketing part of it is easy in terms of the content Mm -hmm. it's just getting that out there if that makes sense it's the biggest challenge we have So we move into the new season second year of the project let's focus on the court first Lisa how has this summer from a recruitment point of view view, been different for you? Different this year from last year Um, last year I was in amongst the recruitment but there was a couple of us working on a few things last year this year it's been myself Miguel Chantel pretty much driving um, who we're looking at. Miguel's a genius in this stuff. You know, without him I'd be, you know, lost. Chantel's a genius at this stuff. You're sitting literally looking at players, they're looking at the technicalities, I'm looking at do they fit the culture, you know, what kind of player are they, who are they, what's their experience, so we get the stats, we get the data, but but are they going to fit everything we are in terms of the gladiator way? So that mix has been brilliant. We've went through, I don't know how many players we've looked at, met with, discussed, and they start to narrow it down yeah, to who we think. And that's probably where I've fitted in. You know, Miguel and Shan look at the players, what they can offer, what they do in the floor, do they fit their system? You know, are they going to play fast, intense basketball? And my role was to, one, negotiate things <laughs> uh, and get it right for us, but also look at the, the kind of background to the player and the person. Mm. And to be fair, that's what we've been as a club very much this year across both the men and the women. Um, and I hear Gareth say it, I hear Sean say it, I hear Alison Steve say it, I hear Tony say it, um, Miguel and Shan say it. Actually, we're people first and the basketball will take care of itself after that. And that's been huge in terms of our drive. Have we got the right people as well as the right players? Because actually, the basketball will take care of itself if you've got that bit right. And that's something that Steve said, I think every time I've sat and spoke with Steve, it's making sure yeah. we look out for the people regardless of or whether or not they've already signed for us or about the time we're trying to make it a happy environment for them to come into and be part of. Well, let's be honest, that's what makes you different from everybody else because mm. everybody could put money into a programme and say we'll bring the 12 best players that we believe fit. Actually, if you're happy, they're healthy, Absolutely. the culture's right, what you're about, you know, if the, if, the, if the culture of being person-centric is in your DNA, then the basketball will genuinely take care of itself at that point. So that's what we've, I think... Would you agree? We've yeah, been absolutely. trying really hard this summer Grant, to get that. Grant, in fairness, has obviously met them all over the last wee while doing all the, the different interviews and podcasts. And Grant himself even has been absolutely beaming on yeah. how good the the squad was. Not just the interviews, but good people and the conversations and the 
IQ that they're bringing to the table and awareness of what they're coming to and excitement I suppose that really yeah, comes across yeah absolutely because it comes it's, when you speak to people and you can tell when they've done their research when they've not done yeah. their research yeah. and every single player both in, on both rosters that I've spoken to have come with an idea of what they're expecting what even coming to them and asking me questions about specifics about the Glasgow or Scotland wherever where some people go what Scot where Scotland that kind of stuff in the past so it's a almost like you can see that the investment in people goes such a longer way when they're switched on bright and knowing what they're coming to yeah and look so, at the calibre of player across yeah. the men and women this year Absolutely. that we've brought in from a real experience you know we've got a real mix of experience on the floor but you look at that would you have thought a year ago two years ago if we've ever been sitting here saying that calibre of player would be coming in to play for Caledonia Gladiators Absolutely. and that's testament to all the work that's going on and the vision that's been shared and, and actually delivering because it's all one sitting talking about it you've got to deliver yeah absolutely so Sean, the club also retained a lot of players across kind of both squads. How important was that to kind of build on that kind of continuity? Yeah, I mean we had a good year at its very base level last year, so you're wanting to retain and, and build on it rather than the traditional way of unfortunately pretty much scrapping and starting yeah. again. So uh, I was really pleased. I mean, to me, he was the the trophy MVP. I, I know he didn't get awarded it, but Prince obviously is a, a massive one to bring back for us. It's not really too common a thing for us to retain our imports. <laughs> Traditionally, ninety percent, if not hundred percent, are going. Yeah. Um, so it was it was excellent to get him in, um, and obviously you can see quite a remarkable difference in the. Last year, it was four rookies that we had. This year, we have one rookie yep. uh, coming in. Um, not just that, the, the, the quality of, of player in terms of, obviously, if you get Czech international, if you get GB international, Patrick Whelan, who's one of the best Should have been MVP two seasons ago. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so that, not just retaining, but also building, basically, was, was kind of the motto that we got. And I was really happy with, I think, five, six, five, I'm sure comes to mind, um, players retained from last year. We've, we've managed to kind of build on that core, that spine that we've already got within the team. Uh, and I'm really happy, to be honest, with the, the depth that we've got. We've got 13 players that can all play BBL minutes really comfortably without having to find minutes, if that makes sense, in them. Um, I think we're well positioned if um, the inevitable, unfortunately, injury comes. We've, we've got players that can play in they're versatile players yeah. that can play in, in many positions and yeah I think we're equipped for the season the the big challenge of course is that step up to Europe that's going to be a massive challenge for us not only that but the the balancing of the European game and the BBL game which are two very different styles um, trying to find a squad that can cope with both styles of play yeah, has been tough for us this season and I think we've achieved it but time will tell so we've talked, we've spoken about in the past about involvement of scout today uh, what role have they had with building, helping to build this year's roster yeah they, they certainly have on, on the men's side and the women's mm-hmm. side but I think it's fair to say probably more heavily on the men's side this year as they have for the last three seasons um, Matt's one of our most trusted advisors is market intelligence. I know you've had him on the show before, but his market intelligence is fantastic. It really is. And he's, he, he's the best example I can give last year is he was the one that made us aware of Aljami Durham um, being uh, available um, when Burns had left us. Um, and what a player and what a, what a move that ended up in. This year he's been uh, 
more involved with some, less involved with others, but there's not one player that we've not had that's in on this roster that we've not had a conversation with with Matt about just to get a sense check if nothing else. Yeah, and you have to just see where Al Jami's ended up going. Yeah, he's exactly. off to play exactly. in the kind of top German league. It's a like he's a phenomenal player and it'll be good to see him play against London in Europe with yeah. VJ yeah, as well. True. So that's that'll true. be a good matchup. So when we look at the women's team, Lisa, it's a team with an array of brilliant British talent with so many players within the GB programme. Uh, how good is it for the Gladiators to have so many GB level international talent at the various age groups? Oh, it's amazing because you, you don't come into this to plan to bring in for, foreign players or overseas players for the rest of your, your days. The idea behind this movement, this programme and the project, the big project that Alice and Steve have taken on. There's a lot of projects. <laughs> There's a lot of projects, but the big project they took on was really to change the dynamic and the environment for young Scottish or British players to take that next step. Something that Scotland has missed for years. You know, we've, we've had people coming through great programmes, we get that, but they were, you know, leaving the country to play. And we've said that a million times, so I won't go back over it. But this now gives young talent a real opportunity to aspire to be the next best talent. Um, and they can only be the next best talent, of course, by being around the best mm-hmm. talent. And that's where you're sometimes you do need to bring overseas players. And we've got that, I think, um, perfectly placed this year, both the men and the women's side, that you bring in the right talent to, to nurture some of the younger ones through. So we've got some, the four young Scots that we played last year, we had a, we had space last year. They would have got more minutes last year than they might get this year. Mm. Um, but hopefully the high performance programme will take care of some of that for them. But when you look at the, the, the balance on the floor this year from experience, slightly younger, the, the, the GB and the Scots, um, actually a lot of our, our Scottish girls are, are our leaders. If you take Erin and Robin, and then you take Shan as a GB talent, you know, they're, they're our three leaders on the floor yeah. this year. So if anybody's going to show the route for the younger GB and Scottish talent, they will. So obviously we had the, just you touched on it there briefly, the high performance programme and the announcements around that and the brilliant news that both Darrow and Donnie are going to be uh, massively involved in that. How how big a move is this for the club to Oh, have? it's brilliant. It's magic. For for Darrow and Donny to get those roles, that in itself, they have put so much into youth, youth basketball across yeah. Scotland over the years, much of which in their own time. Mm. You know, there is... Most of Scottish basketballs ran on a voluntary basis, so actually to, to give them that opportunity to take a programme in its infancy and start up um, and give them that role is brilliant in itself. But if you look at the two coaches you've put in place and then you look at the young talent that we brought in we had 81 plus applicants for this program and and this year will be a wee bit different obviously we've got you know aspirations to move it and change it over the years where it becomes you know something different again but to put something in place this year around high performance to genuinely give club players the next level of you know experience which is a full-time program but should put them in uncomfortable situations it should take them to the next level and if they're going to get it to get to pro level now, they need to possibly go through something like that. So it's huge for Scotland. Um, and it does set another little benchmark around what we could be as a nation by putting something like this in. This will evolve. This yeah. will evolve. And it's something, something I think different. we've touched on in just in conversations, yeah, at least in the past, about how other sports don't do this. Or don't do it to this degree of with a journey of coming through. And it's it's really amazing to see how progressive this whole plan is. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because Scotland in itself talks about pro sport and it has professional athletes. Mm. And then you look at some of the flaws, and I love Scotland, so I'm not being down in my own country, but you look at some of the flaws that we've had over the years in all sports and what we do with young talent and then we pass them aside when they don't make it and then we wonder why they've not made it because we've not actually nurtured them properly. I was lucky enough through teaching and through my volleyball past career as a very 
rotten basket, uh, volleyball player, <laughs> to get to go to France to visit Lille, Paris, um, the Olympic Park, and then go to oh, Belgium. Wow. And actually, we were there to explore what they did differently and why they were so good at sport. And it took in basketball at the same time. And the, the bottom line was I came back with one message. They've got the culture right from under 10 right through. Right through. They have their best coaches take their under 10s. They have their top international coaches coaching under 12s. They don't do it the way we do it, which is your youngest, newest coaches getting the youngest players, and then we wonder why they didn't, you know, they never actually make it. So you come back from that and you think, well, if this is your best coaches, and, and if I look at Gareth and Miguel and Shan and Donnie and Darrow and what they're putting into the younger ones, so they're not just working with the pros, they're actually across the country and spent last year looking at the under 12s, looking at the under 14s, you know, boys and girls, and going out and giving up their time. Both did that, both programmes did that. And if you think that's a, that's a bit of a marker that they're actually not just looking at their product at the pro level, they're out there actually saying, you know, here's what we need to do for the youngsters because for, for them to be on my floor next, this is what we need to do. So so this high-performance programme just brings something different into the Scottish mix that we've never, ever had before, which, um, yeah, it'll, it'll grow, it'll be, it'll be great, and I'm really excited to see where it goes next, actually. Brilliant. Just obviously a week into it. We're just in the induction week, so... I know Gareth himself has spoke about wanting to capitalise on the legacy, the kind of golden generation, which it's fair to say, seeing it's kind of twilight years with Ali um, Fraser now hanging up his boots, Kieran obviously done it some time ago, Gareth now a coach, etc, etc. It feels like he wants something to come out of that because unfortunately to fourth place, they've not even got a medal to show for it and he's wanting to, to kind of use that as a springboard rather than just a, oh remember that time Scotland were a decent basketball team if that mm. makes sense, so he feels particularly um, sort of that he has ownership a little bit of it, not in any nefarious way but that he's really wanting to support and back it and it's it's literally going to be the future of this organisation so it's, it's absolutely vital. What's really important about it is that it's not Caledonia Gladiator solely you know, we've got the opportunity to drive something here, but when you think the work that the Scottish clubs have put into their youngsters over the years, and then where did they go next? Well, they would go down south, or they yeah. would go to America, and clubs would be happy to let them go. Of course. What they're now seeing, and, and they've all been brilliantly supportive, because this is actually about, this high-performance programme is about all clubs in Scotland mm. coming on board, and that's why there's a mix of players, and not all just gladiator players. Yeah. There are a mix um, from across, you know, Falkirk and Stirling and, and Paisley and, you know... Edinburgh, I mean, there, there is a huge mix of players, but what's important is that the clubs see it as something they buy into, because that's course. the next stage of whole of Scotland embracing pro sport in Caledonia Gladiators, is they need to feel it's theirs, they need to want to come and watch it, they need to want to see their players on the floor, they need to see that there's been a pathway that's taken them from their club into a high-performance situation, and then there will be players this year, I have no doubt, there will be players from that programme on the pro, the pro floor, so... They will be able to come and see their own players. And, and then you see the full journey being kind of from in the beginning the system into yeah. to then pro court, but then also what's the next journey for them after that? Absolutely. It's it's just fascinating to see and grow. And, and they can stay in Scotland, of course, rather exactly. than before they're having to leave Scotland, certainly move to other places in the UK, if not abroad. So they've now got an opportunity to, to do that here and be retainer. And you mentioned talent. earlier, look how many people this year from Scotland or who've been part of this movement, Caledonia Gladiators movement, who are down in GB this year. Mm. Whether it's been as a team manager, equally successful, mm. whether it's been as a coach, whether it's been as a player, whether it's been as a 3x3 player. You know, when you look across, Absolutely. I sometimes think, you know, wow, even in a year, 
the profile of this and what it's exposed some young players to, they're now getting the chance to go and be part of something much bigger as a result. And that's where you start to see, you know, a long way to go. (laughs) But it's a brilliant start. What a start. So talking about another kind of brilliant start, we're recording this within PlaySport. The season is obviously fast approaching. Uh, Sean, how excited are you with the new facility? Uh, And what can you tell those listening about the progress with it so far? Yeah, we're we're nearly there. Um, We're we're days uh, away from getting the keys effectively um, to say exciting doesn't really capture it the one thing I wish I could do is have now forget everything I've seen of the build slowly getting there so I can see it again for the first yeah, time with fresh eyes if that makes sense because um, it, it, it really is wow I mean there's nothing like it in indoor certainly uh, UK sports there's nothing that I can think of that will, that will rival this um, you're talking about a fan zone that's got a I guess 15 metre screen you've got um, bars and merchandise and everything you can need in there holding everyone and getting everyone excited before the game you go in you've got LED screens wrapped around the court for every game men and women um, you've got away watch parties getting held there when we're there you've got big screens obviously behind the baskets showing highlights replays where we're doing a lot of build on the now and what the game day will look like in terms of just the run of affairs and um, sort of making sure that the excitement stays throughout and all this kind of thing it's going to be uh, unrivaled um, in, in certainly Scottish sport if not UK sport to me and, and I can't wait to get the doors open and get everyone in and it was always one of those ambitious plans. I remember speaking to Steve on it first time, and it just shows the kind of the guy is. He's like, no, this is the date it's happening, and it's amazing to see. It's we always say it's Scotland or Britain. It will be massively delayed, and it'll be another full season or whatever. But actually, to see it, well, no, no, it's happening. Well, he's, and been it's, a, he's been a force. It's quite funny. There's every two weeks. There's like. Um, big meetings with all the architects and everything that comes in and Steve he's not been to the last few because thankfully things have been progressing but for the first five or six of them the only thing he was contributing was saying that day over and over <laughs> and over and over again yeah, it's <laughs> funny this week because Alice and Steve have been away yes. um, on holiday and they've not been here for a little while um, and obviously they were coming back this week so we were all intent <laughs> as they were walking down to see the progress we're all looking at each other thinking, I'm saying I'm just going to stay here and let you go and do that but they came back up smiling uh, and delighted with the progress but um, I, I can't deny we were all looking at each other thinking who's doing the walk away with Alice and Steve there's still the very final touches at this stage to go and sort of things up in the wall and a paint here and things like that but we are pretty much there this has been nothing short of a challenge getting a five month turnaround nothing yeah, short of a challenge actually the challenge. progress the work have done the, 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 of the workers of the you know Alison, Steve, Tony have shown the, you know looking at Sean here because he's <laughs> been the face going up and down pretty much every day with Tony doing stuff um, the, the work has been incredible to get this over the line um, the, the builders have been incredible yeah. as well they really have been all the workers the guys leading it on site and stuff like that they, they deserve a big party uh, to, <laughs> be, uh, to be honest they can get tickets to the first and game it'll be brilliant when we actually have the players <laughs> on the floor winning things yeah, and, as a result of this that's the next bit is, is uh, give, give back to Alison and Steve for all of this by putting the product on the floor that is the most exciting basketball we'll ever see hopefully so it's obviously a big big news week with fixtures out for the men's uh, a, f- uh, a few weeks after the girls and a massive league rebrand. How are we building up to the new season and how do you both see the re-ba- rebranded competitions going? Lisa, you go first. Rebranded competitions? In terms of rebrand, I quite like the rebrand actually. I was looking at all the bad press and thinking, well, you know, that change is good. 
Change is good. I like the fact that it's now just going to be the British Basketball League women, British Basketball League men. You know, I, I was never comfortable with the WBO and the BBO. If it's mm. British League, it's British League. Why would yeah. I just call it? So I'm much comfier with that. Um, I don't, you like the branding? Yeah, I do. I, it's I got a bit of a mixed review, isn't it? I mean, to me, I've, I've been through a couple of rebrands now, and there's always initially negative mm. press. It's, it's, I don't know. I've never. I try to think of any example ever where I've seen positive press, and the only ones I can think of where it's been very minor changes. I remember Dundee United changed like the colour of the tangerine to a slightly burnt tangerine. <laughs> like that, 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 but if any time there's any. Material change. change. There's always significant yeah. uh, shock, uh, and so I, I I like the rebrand. I've got no issue with it. The 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 naming things just a kind of um, a formality because you're yeah. right. Everyone kind of referred to it as that think, anyway. I yeah. think the depths of it will will come when people start to see that alignment between the men and the women. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's not about a logo and it's not about you know no, what we yeah. call ourselves. I think the depth of it starts to make it real for people when you say we'll stop being a women's league that runs itself and the men's league that runs itself because we're actually getting much closer. We're not there yet, but we're getting much closer yeah, um, of coming together and actually aligning the professionalism because you can't call yourself professional league and then say, well, you don't run this and we don't run you. And you know, Now we're starting to get a bit of a united vision around what we're trying to be and that's the only way you can move forward. It really is. Um, so that's the bit for me that if we take the next step and we go on the floor this year, and it's much more professional, and there's a much more aligned approach, which has definitely been put out there from the start. Um, so yeah, that's. And, and then that's in the terms point. of the competitions itself, I did obviously enjoy the the trophy slash cup. I, I quite liked the multiple cups, but I, I can understand the thought process of there's one major cup. I like the fact that it's just in January, and you've got that it's the yeah, cup yeah. month, and you're building towards that crescendo of uh, something I'm used to. Certainly, obviously, in my background in hockey is like final fours and central venues. I've always really enjoyed them. You get the fans together, and it feels like with that the the men's game or the the league used to have that. To what, when it was in its heydays of the 90s into the early 2000s and then it became, you can tell when money became tight, these kind of final four weekends disappeared because of their cost. So it's great to see that the league's got these intentions to bring them back, involving both the men's leagues, women's leagues, all in a whole kind of event. We were, the three of us were all at the finals uh, in London and what a brilliant kind of day mm-hmm. of basketball that was from um, Leicester v London and the women's final to the dunk contest to the men's final it was just a good day and you imagine that over a full weekend like a basketball festival it's just a brilliant place to see the league back at home we won the dunk contest as well I haven't won the dunk contest <laughs> I should have added that in the first bit <laughs> that's true but uh, the thing I always liked about those kind of events is like the little sections of each fan bases that you get and they're all singing against each other and it creates that kind of pa- party atmosphere yeah, I always absolutely. really enjoyed it and then the, the all-star of course is um, I, I must admit, I'm. It's not a regular thing I would tune into in the NBA. Um, it's interesting. From a, I can understand why the league's doing it because it, it, it that that type of content travels quite far on socials and things like that. Um, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, I know there's a lot of. I've seen a lot of backlash on it. People saying they would rather it's a competitive fixture and stuff like that. But I think we need to see and 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 look at it with an open mind and and understand that 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 type of content and there is a significant portion of people that are interested in, in seeing that. So I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm I'm kind of open minded on that one. 
And then, of course, the NBA has decided to replicate the BBL <laughs> this year and put in a couple of yeah. something, right? We knew that would happen. <laughs> so, a massive step for the club is obviously Europe. Uh, Steve has said in the past podcast that the likelihood it would always have been for the women's team to enter. Uh, firstly, but with winning the trophy, that has created the opportunity for the men. The draws have been made. The women in the Euro Cup have faced a tough, tough trips to Israel, Belgium, and Benfica, Portugal. Whereas the men, firstly in BCL against the uh, Swiss champs Freiburg, with a tough draw, potentially facing four matches to even qualifying, uh, before potentially parachuting down, if not successful, into the FIBA Europe Cup with a potential group of opponents from Romania, Spain, and the defending champions from Poland. A question for you both, firstly, is how excited how excited are you for this kind of pioneering journey into European competitions? I'm very wary of saying super excited because I got pulled up last week from some of our fans that said, is every player you've brought to this club super excited? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah? Of course they What are. about it? So, yeah, we are excited. Um, I don't even know <laughs> if it's hit us yet we're going to Europe. I think it's starting to become real we're booking flights. Check and we passport now see dates. <laughs> and, like, and we've been so consumed with getting the logistics of, of this in place and going to draws and working out travel plans and working out the roster uh, that's going to be fit for Europe and British League. Um, the next stage of this is to genuinely, you know, see it out and get to the floor. So yeah, it's it's now becoming a bit real. I think around we look at each other daily and go, "This is happening." It's <laughs> yeah. when you see the draws, you're like, "Okay, how are we going to get to exactly. Israel? Okay, how Port- uh, Poland? Okay, it's three hours away from Warsaw. Okay, how are we the doing this?" Teams playing Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> What's been brilliant is people starting to talk about what are the travel plans because people are trying to book. Yeah. Yeah. And even I was talking to a player this morning who's trying to get her family. And what's the plans, Lisa? Because my family want to travel so you're suddenly thinking actually you know sometimes we can't get people to come to Paisley and then we've got to go to Belgium or you know so yes yeah, that's when it starts to become a bit like is this actually happening that we've done all of this within a year and we're about to embark on a, another big adventure um, across Europe the games themselves are, are going to be unbelievable I mean Tough draws, it's fair to say, tough draws. I mean, on, it could have been kinder. It could it definitely <laughs> could have been. We were four seeds and we're the new yeah, kind of people into it, so I can understand why that was the case and it was not unexpected. I'll, I'll talk about BCL briefly first. So I, I'm putting a positive spin on this pre-qualifier element, element that we've been given, which is that is the first fixture in all of club European basketball uh, this entire season. So... I think it's fair to say probably the expectations will be that the Swiss team or 15 times Swiss champions will, will probably um, go through in that one I think it's a really good chance for us to kind of shock and yeah. put a marker down do you know what I mean and then play Warsaw fantastic uh, history team there we've got an opportunity again to to take a swing and, and kind of see what happens and um, they'll bring some excellent fans along as well and I'm, I'm looking forward to that element of it and um, the the draws and stuff like that, I was lucky to have attended both of the draws and the the amount of clubs that are coming up to us and excited about British basketball becoming more of a thing and of they're, they're hearing that there's four clubs playing in Europe they're hearing about London Euro Cup and things like that obviously as well um, and, and, and there, there's a real interest in sort of and a knowledge I would say that British basketball was actually genuinely improving getting there they're talking about the types of players that are coming in now to the league so yeah it's, it's really interesting and then yeah uh, certainly on the men's side because at least I talk about the women's side but the, the men's side it's it's tough draws we've got last year's winners um, away 
uh, opening the group if we, we end up down in the, the FIBA Europe Cup, uh, which would be a very tough one. Um, you've got some of the biggest teams in Spain. You've got, as I say, a trip to Romania. Uh, there's no easy games at this level, it's fair to say. But I mean, again, I've also tried to think how I would get out to watch them all. There's a lot of air, planes, taxis, buses, yes, trains, anything to get to anywhere. <laughs> and one of our challenges is a bit more closer to home is, you know, there's not a culture of people watching necessarily coming to an arena and watching European sport on a Thursday yeah. or a Wednesday night. So our next challenge actually, yeah. I think the basketball will be great and it will take care of itself and actually we need to convince people that, I'm not saying convince people, but show people that, like, do you know how big this is? Yeah. And you've got it now in your doorstep to come and watch, you know, not just British basketball but European basketball. Some of these teams you would never get walking through the doors of East Kilbride, let's say. Benfica, are, Benfica you know. are coming to East Kilbride. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the last time I watched Benfica was in the football pitch. So. <laughs> so, yeah, Europe's a massive positive. It's going to be an absolute adventure. But looking back at the league, obviously, at least we said before we started recording, there's not a huge amount of news from the, the rest of the league mm. in terms of what other teams are doing. London, obviously, we see them signing there. Uh, Samuelson and... Uh, Demi, for example, but it's good to see kind of British players wanting to come back and play in the UK in general, isn't it? No, I think it's I think it's a statement of intent that people are saying you know we'll go back and play in the British league. I think if you'd maybe looked at the British league a few years ago on the women's side, people didn't want to come necessarily because they didn't see it as something worthy. But when you look, yeah, but when you look at what London, the team they put out, when you look at Caledonia last year, taking London to task, yeah, you know it was it does prove that you play the five that are in front of you. Mm. Play the squad, and anything can happen in a basketball court. That's the, the the most exciting thing about basketball is end to end, anything can happen. Things can flip in a minute. Things can flip in a matter of seconds. That's what captures people's attention. So you know, we we love the announcements. There's not been a lot of announcements on the women's side this year from other clubs. Obviously, London have gone big again, but so have we. We've yeah. gone bigger. You know, we'll just need to see how that matches up on the floor when it, when it happens. But it certainly doesn't phase um, our teams playing any of these other teams it doesn't phase them that's the, that's the nice bit about basketball is people just play their game to the best of their ability and what's in front of them yeah, and you look forward to the big games absolutely it's not a, it's not a scared at all it's the opposite you enjoy the challenge mm. and Sean what stands out for you when we look at kind of other teams recruitment round the kind of uh, the league as well for the men's side yeah I mean you've got London doing their thing as, as, as expected signed up pretty big roster, pretty talented roster for um, the level that they're going to go to. We're, we're, I'm curious to see how Gabe gets on in the BBL. Uh, that would be a very interesting one. We'll get, and I think it's a question you're probably about to ask me about pre-season, we'll get a um, bit of a sneak peek to London because we're playing them behind closed doors next Thursday. Um, so um, just to see how we match up quite early will be quite interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. I think the one everyone's kind of looking at and looking forward to seeing is Newcastle because there's a lot of kind of BBL names there obviously Jordan Johnson our player of the season a couple of years ago is there and he's a great guy and um, I'm curious to see how he gets on one, one thing that I find really interesting is with the way that the league's moved on how is someone like Ricky McGill for example that, that was stellar a couple of years ago is he going to be stellar again or are we yeah, going to see really, that the league's yeah, moved really on good. I'm really curious yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not saying either way I'm, I'm just saying that'll be really interesting to see if if we do notice a difference because I think the level of squad across the league is, is 
pretty terrifying compared to even when I first season, joined the league. Even last season as well, yeah, 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 I know that was COVID, etc. It mm. was its own challenges, but my God, I mean, every roster looks deep compared to uh, even last year. Yeah, You're right. Absolutely. So no, I'm, I'm, I think it'll be another exciting year. I think you do your um, below the rim projections and I do not know how you guys come up with that and not in a bad way I just it's so difficult to obviously put us first that's the, the <laughs> starting point but um, be up below that I think it's almost impossible to go sorry obviously we're significantly um, adrift at bottom last year I don't think you can bank on that no. <laughs> so it's they're it's not my bottom team at the moment anyway that's for sure so. you've got um, my last predictions I put Sheffield Sheffield interesting so, there you go. interesting yeah. so final one for you both uh, conscious of time there will no doubt be expectations for both on and off the court heading into the new season but what are you looking forward to most of the new season on our doorstep I'll start with this one it's new arena I mean the problems I'm used to having with access to facilities and also we've just announced the um, fixtures now so um, I'm used to that question coming from the league of when can you get in for your fixtures uh, and we were be able to be it wasn't that uh, oh we've got a tennis event in here we've got this in here we've got that in here we've got Europe here 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 but don't get me wrong which is a challenge in itself um, but it, that that element it will just be so much easier think of the playoff struggles we've had in the past we've yeah, ended up playing post game playoffs I, I remember having to investigate and thankfully never went through but playing our home playoff game in Newcastle it's, that was two years ago uh, to give you an idea how real some of these challenges can be so thankfully probably I would say that being a thing of the past is from a personal point of view <laughs> one of the, the highlights but just getting the fans in this new facility is going to be unbelievable I think it it will really wow people it really will and, and I'm, I'm certain that well, the first thing we need to do to make this a success is fill that that as much as possible as regularly as possible um, but I think get once people come in getting to return will not be yeah, the challenge I think that I think the, the game day experience they're going to get is going to be different again from anything they've ever had mm. so that's the next bit is how we get them in I think it's brilliant to bring this to East Kilbride a community that's you know a, it's a brilliant community South Lanarkshire Greater Glasgow all of these communities that have given their themselves certainly Glasgow to, to basketball and then you look at East Kilbride it's untapped and they've never had this on their doorstep so there is a real niche here to bring them on board and something on the door so that is exciting I think Sean's right on you know the arena being here and the whole of Lanarkshire buying in hopefully to it um, and they've been so welcoming I'm brilliant. not from this area I'm from Erskine so I'm, I'm the other side of the city foreigner almost I know, I know. but the, um, the the people here have been excellent been coming into the facility speeches, looking to see the players following yeah. I've been going out talking to people quite a lot at events and just yeah, community stuff and, yeah. and they're generally going oh we've heard all about it we can't wait to come so we there's really a lovely message even today yeah. um, regarding uh, Lucas talking to people in the facility yeah, the difference it made to their two young boys and and this is this is the difference it's going to make is you're going to you're going to transform basketball and sport by putting not just the arena but bringing the teams that we brought together the European experience the British experience which is on the up to real local people who deserve the right to see some of this um, and when we were all over the place last year no wonder folk didn't want to travel they didn't know whether you were in Emirates or in Lagoon or they didn't know where you were training and they didn't see you you didn't mm. have anything that was there was yours. no home there was not you know, there was no you had lovely club culture we had but even at that you couldn't create what you wanted to try and create so this year's going to be extremely different from bringing the fan base on board completely from the start making this their home as well as Caledonia Gladiators home and that's the that's the probably the most exciting bit about this is the basketball will be brilliant it'll take care of itself people will start to 
tune into my goodness this is the best we've seen but I think the fact that you're in your own home territory in a community building on the bigger the bigger and aspects of and what I think the reality does. and the hope is that when you said at the start of this your yearly podcast kind of thing I think when we're sitting down this time next year to do this we'll be speaking to an entirely different and bigger audience if that makes Sorry. sense because I'm certain we're about to become a viral if that's the word <laughs> sort of um, experience Brilliant. good brilliant yeah this has been awesome Lisa, Sean thank you very much for your time this morning good luck with everything from Encore Off Court community to the youth staff to the Encore Europe everything good luck thank you thank, thank you for your ongoing support thanks for having us